Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome to Balloon Party, also known as Moron Sports. Tim McKernan with you. Action Jackson on the board, fresh off his appearance as Mr. Hockey last night. That's right. Profitable Mr. Hockey. Left after the second period when the game was 2-2. Uh, it's, it, was, it was a late night, but it was a great time. Everyone had a great time. And uh, What did you listen to as you drove home? Uh, well, I left, and it was a short drive for me, so... I would have had one-on-one on if there was a game going on, but there was it was an intermission between the second and third period. Mm, why do you hate our intermission coverage here on 101 ESPN? I don't know what to say. You got me there. Because the association was on. Uh, the Suns had had it in hand by then. You were, you were comfortable. Yeah. So what were you listening to? I was by tunes. Oh, yeah, what tunes? Oh, shuffle. Shuffle puts out hits sometimes, and I just I can't change it. You shuttle in? Yeah. All right. Well, it's noted. Suspicious. Suspect. Yet again. Jackson, fresh off his appearance as Mr. Hockey. And when Jackson is making public appearances, the Blues are one and oh. Yeah, that's right. They win it last night. Vladimir Tarasenko in the third period goes off. And the Blues shock the Minnesota Wild and their fans last night in the third period. I mean, you're heading into that third period and essentially... And mathematically, it's there, of course. You know, as I was watching on the Bally's uh, the Sports Post game with uh, the Fast Lane's very own Jamie Rivers and Bernie Federico, uh, along with Alexa Dat, who we see here in 101 ESPN, uh, that, uh, you know, this, this is it. I mean, mathematically, 79.8% of the time, the team who wins the Game 5 of a 2-2 series wins the series. Now, as Bernie Federico immediately pointed out, that 20% is still out there. And as we saw in 2019, the Dallas Stars beat the Blues to go up 3-2 in Game 5 in St. Louis. However, in a 2-2 series against Winnipeg, the Blues won Game 5 and went on to win the series in 6. In a 2-2 series against the Sharks, the Blues won Game 5, went on to win in 6. And in a 2-2 series against the Bruins, the Blues won Game 5 and went on to win in 7. So, it is a huge win, and that made that third period incredibly important. And as opposed to what the Minnesota Wild did, the Blues had one of their best periods of this series at the time that it mattered most, and they absolutely delivered. John Kelly is going to be with us for our Engineer Designed Facilities Blues Playoff Report coming up here in a matter of, oh, about 10 minutes. Here is what Craig Berube had to say about the Blues' victory last night. Yeah, well, I thought our third period was our best period. Um, you know, we we pushed hard, but then we really did a good job of shutting. I thought we did a good job of shutting them down. 
checking wise, uh, being above things, not giving them any, uh, not giving them anything free, and then they're just the compete, you know, like uh, highly competitive in our zone, heavy, hard on pucks, battling them out, blocking shots, all the little things that needed to close the game out. Craig Berube on the Blues and that third period last night. Uh, the view from Minnesota, I think, is shock because uh, about 72 hours ago, they're facing a Blues team that was just decimated yeah. after Tory Krug was uh, out on Friday night and already he didn't have Letty, Bortuzzo, and as things played out, Scandella played about a minute and a half on Sunday afternoon. That was the miss. Now, all they have to do is win two games and they advance, but they had a chance to go up 3-1 to one against a shorthanded Blues team. And I'll take you back. It's not apples to apples. It's not apples to apples by any means. But if you recall during the 2013 World Series, the Boston Red Sox sent a gentleman by the name of Clay Buckles to the mound. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that gentleman? I know the name Clay Buckles, but I don't remember the situation. And they were they were on the ropes. And he shut the Cardinals down, and the Cardinals never recovered. And in 2012, the Cardinals were up 3-1. And Barry Zito of the Giants, who was not Barry Zito of the A's, was on the mound. And Barry Zito shut him down. The Cardinals never won another game. Uh, This, to me, is starting to mimic the missed opportunity momentum that the Blues have since captured in this series. Because it was there for the taking on Sunday for Minnesota, and the Blues played one of their best games, both strategically and also from an execution standpoint. And then last night, even though for the first time in this series, the team that scored first was trailing. It finally happened. It took until uh, game five for it to happen. The Blues scored first, but Minnesota took a 2-1 lead, and then the Blues respond, and everything changed on the Cairo Saad goal in the second period. Everything changed. All the coverage of Minnesota focuses on that. But I do wonder if you will see the Wild go with Cam Talbot in Game 6 tomorrow night in St. Louis just to try to find the magic that it feels like the Blues have rediscovered since putting Jordan Bennington back in net. Certainly frustration, confusion, disappointment. They feel this familiar feeling at the moment in Minnesota. Meanwhile, the Blues are riding the confidence of a team that has done it before and done it, relatively speaking, recently. They have playoff horror stories in Minnesota, and after an opportunity to go up 3-1 in St. Louis with a decimated Blues defense, they now find themselves trailing 3-2. And here locally, there is a great sense of confidence that the Blues can get past the Wild by winning tomorrow night here at the Enterprise Center. Jackson. Yeah. You didn't get a chance to see some of the third period because you were in commute from your personal appearance mm-hmm. as Mr. Hockey. Right. But your thoughts on the festivities last night. I thought then and, and you were you what you went 5 for 5 on your bets? Yeah. Look yeah. at you. You are Mr. Hockey. I am, you know, and that especially was when they went down 2-1, took them live and that was a great play cuz I got great odds. What number did you get? Plus 270. Oh, how do you do? Yeah, really excited about it. Um I just thought they. I thought that they were, at t- it was just streaky. There'd be times where they were like looked like they were absolutely dominating, and then they would be on the ropes and struggling during the power play. And times where Jordan Cairo was just skating around. It's like well, shoot, young fella, you got the speed. Get your hands up and get ready to shoot. But uh, 
it was really cool and exciting, and uh, I think they played really well for being kind of hobbled beforehand. Now kind of getting back into it, getting Webby and Bortuzzo back was huge. Those guys still putting their bodies on the line, even battling through injury. And Binner, again, just really good at handling the puck. He doesn't let those those saves he makes fly out in front of him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he collects them, corrals them, and makes sure that the – you know, take the face off rather than have a rebound fly onto the middle of the ice. It's uh, it's something else to see what Jordan Bennington is doing. Now, yeah. as Joey Vitale said when he was our guest yesterday for the EDF playoff report, it's not like he was playing poorly going into the postseason. He was playing well, but the mm-hmm. Blues were just going to go with Billy Huso. However, when the time was needed, the Blues made a couple of changes, some out of necessity with regards to uh, what they had to do on Sunday with the health of their defense, going with that 11-7 mix, but then also with Jordan Bennington. And there was a comfort level there, and if he can rediscover it. And again, you know, they pointed at Jamie Rivers and Bernie Federico were talking about this on the postgame show. It's not like there was one savory, oh, my God, that had to rip their hearts out. Uh, but that meant that he was in position. Right. So he's on his game, and the Blues are on theirs. And I am, I'm really... I'm excited just in general. Anytime you have an elimination game in St. Louis, whether you're on the receiving end of it or you're on the chance to give it, uh, that is something that's going to get you fired up for a playoff game. But with regards to Bennington coming back home with a chance to close out a series, uh, this building tomorrow night will be absolutely bat crap. And you will be able to hear it here on 101 ESPN unless you're riding with Jackson. You'll be listening to tunes. You'll be listening to shuffle. On 101 ESPN, the pregame begins at 7.30. Puck drop uh, is TBD. You yeah. know, it's kind of a it's kind of a wide delta. Yeah. Saw Jeremy Rutherford tweet out last night after I had tweeted out the poll. Do you think it will cover over or under 8.47.31 I think was the official time. Uh-huh. And then he tweeted out they have announced the puck drop will be 8.50. Uh. So there it was. Doesn't matter. They got to win, Jackson. I'm fine. Hundred percent. That, that second period goal was so huge because it felt like they had been working, 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 and then to get it right at the end there was. And to get it in that fashion, right? You know, right. And that was that had to rip their hearts out. Yeah, that was. And uh, we saw it carry over as Tarasenko got him on the board early on, and then what in a minute twenty four, if I'm not mistaken, had two goals. So, the hat trick for Vladimir Tarasenko, and what a story the last oh eight nine months have been for Vladimir Tarasenko and his relationship with the Blues. This has been one hell of a 180 degrees. All right, John Kelly's going to give us his perspective coming up. The Engineer Design Facilities text inbox uh, or playoff report. The Air Comfort Service text line is open with your text 65780. John Kelly, our Engineer Design Facilities playoff report is coming up next here on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for a Blues Playoff Report. Brought to you by Engineered Design Facilities, the number one commercial fire alarm service provider in St. Louis. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here for one hour, and then it's BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. It is our pleasure to welcome to the radio show from the Blues Telecast, ladies and gentlemen, John Kelly with our Engineer Design Facilities Blues Playoff Report. Morning, John. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. I'm in great spirits. I think many in the St. Louis metropolitan area are after what took place last night in Minnesota. I'm curious on your perspective on this, John. What has changed the most 
from what we're seeing from the Blues in games four and five and what was going on in games two and three. Obviously, there's a different man in goal, but uh, across the board, what stands out to you from your perch in the broadcast booth? Well, that's a hard question because it's it's such a complicated, um, you know, there's so many elements in, in a playoff game and series, Tim. You know, I think the biggest thing is that Minnesota is a good team, right? They had 113 points, and the Blues had 109. So, you know, they want to win as badly as the Blues do. So, uh, you know, in, in game two, the Blues had won game one, and they were playing well, and Bertuzzo breaks his stick, and it's a bad break. The puck goes in your net. Then they score two power play goals, and you're you're playing from behind. You know, the Blues played well in the third period in game two, and, and, and yeah. you know, that's just too big of an uphill battle. And then game three, you come home, and – you know, Minnesota, again, you know, they get the lead and, you know, they, they win going away. I know they had an empty net goal or two. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I don't really know what much has changed, except that the Blues ha- have found their game, and I think that their depth has been the difference in the series. And I would have said power play, but, you know, last night Minnesota had two power play goals. The Blues had one. So now the power play goals are fairly even. The Blues have a slight edge. But I think that my analysis of the series going in was that the Blues had a little more depth up front on defense, and obviously that depth on defense was was negated with all the injuries. But now you get Letty back in Bertuzzo, and I just think they're deeper, and I think that they're a better team. But not by a lot, Tim. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota, as I said, is a good team. So I can't really put my finger on one thing as to why um, the Blues have won the last two games um, other than you know they've found their game. They're getting contributions from more players. And they have better depth. So I think, I guess in a roundabout way, a long-winded answer, that's my answer. Yeah, no, it, it is tough to put a finger on one particular thing. Like I said, there is uh, one distinct change, and that is what we're seeing in goal. Uh, your thoughts on – take me back, if you could, to the final few weeks of the season with with Jordan Bennington. It's not like he was playing poorly. It's just you knew Huso was going to be the guy, at least you thought anyway, and he was the guy when game one rolled around. But this isn't coming out of nowhere, like, the, for example, the weird situation they have that is working right now for them in Pittsburgh. So with regards to what we're seeing from Bennington and the spark he provided, uh, your thoughts on Bennington toward the tail end of the season, and now now he has picked it up here starting with Game 4 in St. Louis. Well, you're right. He won five of his last six games, so he found his game. And, and you know, the first half of the season he played pretty well and then was inconsistent and then, you know, for about a month or so, he he was off his game. And that's when Villy really took the reins and started to play well. And Villy had a marvelous season. And, and you know, you look at the losses in the series, um, games two and three, he wasn't bad, Tim. I mean, it's not like he came in and gave up three or four terrible goals. I mean, maybe one um, per night, maybe two, I don't know, were leaky goals or whatever. Maybe he didn't make the big save at the right time. But then you have Bennington in your back pocket, a guy that's won a Stanley Cup. So I think it was a, a smart move by Coach Berube. It, it just sort of gives the team a different look back there, uh, maybe a jolt. I mean, that's why coaches change goalies in the middle of a game, right, to sort of wake up yeah. the team. And, you know, maybe he didn't like the way they were playing as a group in front of him. Um, but, again, the games were tight. I mean, even though every game in this series has been decided by three goals or more, in reality they've all been tight games. Yeah. So. You know, just that little subtle change, Tim, um, going to Bennington, and he's been great. He, he's been marvelous uh, giving up two goals in each game, and really you certainly can't fault him for any of the goals he's allowed. So it, it was a good move. And, you know, people during the season 
they make so much about, well, who is the starter? And, you know, has Biddington lost his job forever and all this stuff? Well, the facts are, the bottom line is, they have two good goaltenders, and we've seen that this year with, with both Billy and, and Bennington. In a career that has been, in, in some sense, a storybook career uh, in St. Louis with uh, being a key part of the cup-winning team in 2019, and then this latest chapter that started uh, right before the season with a, with a trade demand, Vladimir Tarasenko performs at the level he does in what was most likely the most important 20 minutes to date of the 2021-2022 season. Um, It has been quite an odyssey here over the last eight or nine months for the Blues and Tarasenko, but when they needed him, he delivered last night with a hat trick in the third period. Your thoughts on what we saw from number 91? Well, he was dangerous all night. You know, I was actually just watching the first period here when I woke up before you called me. And, you know, he had great chances in the first period. And, you know, his line has been broken up, obviously. You know, he, along with Thomas and, and Buchnevich, they just lit it up in, in the month of April. I think they, they had 73 points combined in 16 games. Um, but the line has, has not been as good in the series for whatever reason. Obviously, um, the coach broke them up and put Barbashev at center. And then last night, you know, went back and forth. But I thought that, Buchnevich and Tarasenko had their best games of the series last night in game five. Yeah. And, you know, that's what it comes down to, Tim. Um, I think we all knew this was going to be a six-game series or seven-game series. So there would be a pivotal point of a series. And perhaps last night's third period was the pivotal point. We don't know. I mean, Minnesota could win tomorrow night. We go back to game seven, and then, then you write another chapter, right? Um, but he, he's been a guy that, you know, for the most part, you know, when it comes time for crunch time and when you need a big goal, he's been there for the Blues. So he's been great all year, though. You mentioned, you know, the trade request and all that stuff. That is certainly ancient history. I just think based on the way he's played all year, he's played great. He's been a leader. He led them in goals and points. And, you know, he continued again last night. Blues broadcaster John Kelly with us here for our Engineer Design Facilities Playoff Report on 101 ESPN, the captain, was all over the place. He has been all over the place. And he got his uh, fourth goal of the series last night. Uh, your thoughts on the job Ryan O'Reilly is doing uh, all over the ice, not just uh, in the Blues offensive zone? You know, Tim, I don't say this lightly, um, but he is playing as well now as he ever has. And that's saying a lot because he won the Conn Smythe in 2019, right? And he has the unique ability of playing better in the big games. And, and I don't care what sport it is, the players that can do that are on a very short list because a lot of players, they, they choke, right? They just can't rise to the occasion. It gets too tough. It gets, it gets too intense. But he plays better. So I, I think the game he played last night, and, and again, you have to keep in mind, after Sunday's game, you know, he goes to the hospital. His wife gives birth, I think, around 1.30 in the morning. So he's up all night. He probably gets a couple of hours sleep um, the day before the game. Flies in late um, Monday night. Commercial. And then puts on that right? yeah, commercial. <laughs> and then puts on that performance last night. He was absolutely the best player on the ice last night. And, and that's saying a lot when you consider Tarasenko had a hat trick and Kaprizov was dangerous every time he had the puck. But I think just... Just watching him play right now, to me, it's the best he's ever played. It's it's fun to watch, I'll tell you that. The nature of the beast in a, in a playoff series when the visiting team goes up is the other building is silenced. And I think we 
experienced that in St. Louis on Friday night in Game 3 when Minnesota jumped out of that lead after the building was so raucous leading into that 8.45 start. But last night, uh, there was silence in St. Paul, and I think they were just absolutely— and, I, and you know what? In my opinion, John, you're there. I mean, you can tell me, but it, 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 it didn't start with Tarasenko's uh, hat trick. It actually started with the sod goal— uh, toward the end of the second period, and there was a sense of, oh, no, not again, because there is that in the back of the minds of a lot of Wild fans, and now it's 2-2. I felt like that was the moment that got them going, that the ghost might be returning. You know what, Tim? You have a good read on hockey, because I felt the same way, at least now in hindsight. After Saad tied the game, you could, you could detect a nervous energy in the crowd, and not that the rest of that second period – um, you know, where the Blues by far the better team. You know, I, I thought they really came on and, and found their game. And then in the third period, um, the Blues flipped the switch. Yeah. And they, they were by far the better team, obviously, in the third period. So you're right. I think there was a nervous energy in the crowd. And after Tarasenko gave the Blues the lead and scored two goals in, what, a minute 28 or so, yep. um, I think that you could say – the fans in the state of hockey were in a state of shock. <laughs> That's the only way I can say it, because they were like, oh, my God, what is happening here in this game? What is happening here in this series? And obviously, it was a big moment in the series. What do you think that they will do? Do you think that you, we could see Flurry yanked and, and Talbot in tomorrow night? You know, Tim, we were talking on the media bus going, going to the airport last night, and I, I think that you know all of the broadcasters and the media people that were there, not that we're obviously the – the experts or whatever, but, you know, it's speculation. And our group was sort of mixed. You know, some folks thought that they would pull him. I personally think that this late in a series, it's tough to go to another goalie when he hasn't played a game in two weeks. So that's my, my analysis. And uh, at the same time, the Blues really had, had Talbot's number this year. Uh, they knocked him out of the game in the, in the Winter Classic, and then, you know, they, they scored a ton of goals in the last two games. So I know he played well down the stretch, and I think some Wild fans were surprised that he wasn't given the start in game one. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I say that because we were out in the, in the you know, restaurants and bars, and fans who, who might know who we are came up and talked and said, oh, we can't believe Flurry played, but, or didn't, or, you know, Flurry was playing and, and they didn't play Talbot, but I don't know. I, I thought they should have gone with, with Flurry to start, a guy that's won three cups and has been good. But now I think personally it's too late to change, but who knows what Dean Everson will do. So with regards to tomorrow night, the Blues return home with seemingly a uh, more healthy roster than they left St. Louis since we saw Nick Letty and Bertuzzo back in there. Can't imagine we're going to see Krug Scandella, that's been made as clear as something can be made clear in the playoffs with the comments from Craig Berube. But specific to Letty, what he has meant, I think when that trade was made, oh, I don't know at this point, I guess we're talking six, seven weeks ago, it was met locally, and I, and I, I get it, because you saw some other teams, including the Wild, for that matter, earlier in the day, getting flurry going, oh my God, all the Blues did was get Nick Letty. That's not really doing anything. But now as things have played out, I think there's an appreciation for what he brings to the table, and you saw it solidify last night. Major credit to what the Blues were able to do shorthanded on Sunday afternoon in St. Louis, but last night, that presence was back. Your perspective on what Letty has brought so far since coming over from the deadline, John, and then also so his, his prominence last night in the Blues' victory. 
Well, I think that, you know, two things, Tim. I, I would say the word calmness. I mean, he looks like he's played in a 1,000 playoff games. I think he had played in 121 before joining the Blues. And his, his skating and puck moving, you know, it, he's come as advertised. And, you know, he's a guy that doesn't make many mistakes. And at this time of year, that's what you want. You, you just want consistency and dependability and things like that. And, you know, he took a heavy hit in game one. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if we were, uh, we were wondering if he would return. And, you know, he, he, he obviously was skating the last couple of days and, and obviously played last night and, and played well. So, yeah, he's the kind of player the Blues needed. And thank goodness Doug Armstrong made the trade, Tim, because obviously we didn't know that, you know, Krug would get hurt and, and Scandella and, and, and Bortuzzo. Um, my God, I've never seen a defense so devastated in the first round as the Blues' back line has been in the series. So, my goodness, what a great trade, um, you know, solidifying the back end. So, to answer your question, he's been fantastic, and he's played like a guy that's won a Stanley Cup, which he has with Chicago. Absolutely cannot wait for tomorrow night at Enterprise Center. John Kelly will be on the call on Valley Sports Midwest, and it's always a pleasure to talk it over with you, John, here on 101 ESPN. Thank you for the time this morning, sir, as always. Always a pleasure to talk to you on your balloon party, Tim. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. John Kelly with us here. Thanks, the Engineer Design Facilities Playoff Report. John Kelly giving us his perspective. Yeah, there's so many uh, kind of behind-the-scenes stories here over the last few days. You have Ryan O'Reilly and uh, his wife giving birth to their daughter. He flies up, uh, you know, separate uh, from the team because of the – the time at the hospital and uh, and gets up and plays just an incredible game. Uh, you have Bennington going from the bench to now the guy you just expect, and maybe the expectations are going back to not necessarily what you saw in 2019, but hey, at least there's that confidence there. And then the Blues just uh, just turning this series around in, from my standpoint anyway, one of the most surprising results, and that was Sunday in Game 4. And now, of course, they're not back to where they were in Game 1. There will be no, no Tory Krug, but you saw Letty and Bortuzzo back in there, and uh, the way they were flying around in the third period, that was just super inspiring. The, 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 the building tomorrow night is going to be absolutely bat crap. Can't wait. Jackson. Bart Scott Giff. Can't wait. Uh, and just, just if you can, yeah. if you can, give me Stanley Steamer Cronkies avalanche. And uh, I know you say, oh, be careful what you ask for, but just, just give me that yeah. if you could sometime next week. Uh, it would be. Like I said, this is a different, I mean, listen, it's 2019 will always be in its own world. But from the standpoint of expectations, both before the postseason and then after you're dealing with all those injuries, the way this thing has played out has been entirely different. And uh, it is a major credit uh, organization-wide to what the Blues have been able to do. Because if they would have lost this thing in five, I know I would have probably been in the minority, and I understand that. That's kind of you know the nature of the beast. But I'm going, hey, the, the defense was decimated. I don't know what you could expect. Right. But the defense was decimated, and they responded and they've won the next two games. I mean, it's been something else. It has been incredibly, incredibly impressive. It's it's up there with, and I've been watching Blues playoff hockey since the 1980s. It stands out. 
uh, specifically game four, but then their ability to respond after trailing 2-1 last night and then that third period and the most important 20 minutes of the season to date. Uh, hey, you know, yesterday, huge news, and the Blues have been the focal point of the first 30 minutes of this show, but the Cardinals sent Paul the Young down, and uh, I'm looking forward to discussing that here uh, coming up in the next segment and get uh, our audience's perspective also on everything that we have been talking about, plus the DeYoung news. We'll talk about that next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What is going on with the Sports Center updates? I mean, is this performance art at this point? Uh, no, that was just, uh, that wasn't my best effort, but you know, we'll get back in the style tomorrow and get after it. There was one of those. The pause. The pause. Which was just for And then for at that moment, once again, it just got away from him. It just got away from him. We were celebrating a Cardinal victory over the Orioles last <sighs> night, but alas. Should have won. Were you well, monitoring? Did you wager yeah. on the Cardinals while you were there? Uh, no. No, not with the Orioles in town. Not with not, not, not with the yeah, not with Dynasty. Bal- not with Baltimore there. But you thought they had some there when uh, Donovan hit the homer and Edmund gets on base. You got two on for Tyler O'Neill, and uh, sweet long one. No, no, he swung so hard his helmet fell off. <laughs> Joaquin Andujar. Does that name mean anything to you? Uh, no. Really, never heard of the name. No. No. Cardinal pitcher eighty-two. Right. So. Uh, yeah, he used to swing so hard uh, as a pitcher, his helmet would fall off and then he'd fall over. So last night the Cardinals lose to the Orioles, but again, nobody's playing better than the Orioles. Right. So the, uh, the news yesterday afternoon stunned me. And when I saw the tweet from Katie Wu of The Athletic, I'm like, oh my, this is, this is not the Cardinal brand. Yeah, I was very taken aback. I was thinking... Wow, there is there is some urgency to win. I'm dead serious. That was my reaction. And I kind of felt celebratory at, I don't know, two or three in the afternoon, <laughs> whatever it was. Right. And then I saw, uh, I don't know, it didn't seem like the news was immediate, that DeYoung had been sent down and his replacement was announced. I felt like th- that he'd been sent down. Yeah. And then a little time period later, you found out it was a gentleman named... Kramer Robertson, who had been called up to replace him, I'm like, oh, they're back on brand. <laughs> so here is uh, Cardinal President of Baseball Operations, John Mazalak, uh, talking yesterday about the news with regards to DeYoung, and then the follow-up question that I know most of you want to hear the answer to. This will be a two-parter here. Here is part one. So uh, obviously the breaking news is we decided to option Pauly, and you know it was, it's not an easy decision, and it's something that we last couple days have really been agonizing over but when you think about what's best for him what's best for the organization and and really this club right now we found it it was going to be difficult to get him at bats and get him right when we're trying to win games at the major league level and so you know our our hope is that he'll rejoin this club and be a productive member that, that we once saw you know really prior to the pandemic season and so you know, right now he understands he's got to go down. He's got to get his work in. You know, we did not put a timetable on it. We have no, like, handshake agreement on what this looks like. But it comes down to production. And, uh, you know, our meeting, he took it like a pro. He understood it. Um, doesn't mean he was pleased with it, but he understood it. And, you know, ultimately he wants to get, get himself back here. And so that's the hope. And so 
the transaction is is to get obviously Kramer Robertson up here. Um, you know, you're going to see Donovan at short tonight, and I think probably the next question is is what does this mean for Tommy Edmond? And you know, Tommy's having a incredible season for us right now at second. Um, we certainly know what's happening with Gorman down at Memphis, but we don't want to necessarily just move someone right away without some proper process and and a way to get him some work before we, if eventually we do that. So, you know, you guys can ask every day, like if that's going to happen, but, you know, we're going to try to get him some work before games. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. And we'll see if that trans, uh, if his transition over there is something that he's comfortable with and that, that we believe in. So it's really going to be a wait and see. So there it is. And uh, already on the offensive with the defensive, uh, you guys can ask about <laughs> Nolan Gorman all day. I also liked, obviously, we called up Kramer Robertson. <laughs> yes. I like the song in the background. Uh, Kramer Robertson, for the record, hitting 225, although that is 95 points higher than Paul DeYoung. So then there was the follow-up on why not Nolan Gorman. Here's what John Mazalek had to say to that. We just want him playing. Um, you know, again, it's, it's not necessarily about can we get him at bats here. We can't if Tommy's at second. And we don't want to just move Tommy over there without – a strategic plan, if you will, for that trans transition. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I, I have to. I have to. What is this called? This is called Odyssey and Media, and it's Absolutely. also called Moron Sports, and it's called Doctor Piddles. Doctor Piddles, Mister Hockey, Hot Love. All right, there's a lot of names for the show, but one of them I know is Honesty and Media. Yeah. And here is my honest reaction. I don't know what what's going on. Yeah, I don't. That's... I really don't. I don't. I'm. Sh- but here's here's the other thing that I do know. I know that there has to be a real reason yeah. for what's going on. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it really is at this moment. I can speculate with you all day long. Um, I can give theories all day long. But for the life of me, I really honestly don't know what's going on. I love the fact that they sent Paul DeYoung down. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy it considering you knew, not that he would, not that he'd be like when he was asked about it, it wasn't. The article we read yesterday from Derek Gould in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch when Derek asked him, you know, his thoughts on what about the possibility of going into Memphis? And he's like, well, I'm, I, I can certainly do my job here. And then they just went, oh, is that what you think? And then they, they, you know, a few hours later, he was yeah. on his way down I-55. But that was encouraging. And you know what? Hey, it's, it's better for everybody if he does find it. And yeah. find it down at Memphis. Fine. And then it doesn't take away where you have him at the bottom of the lineup is, you know, an out 87% of the time. So, And especially a lot of the pop-outs, that's been one of the biggest issues. Mm-hmm. These are really not productive outs, strikeouts, and pop-outs. So, fine. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't get the Kramer Robertson thing. I, I can't, I can't figure it out. And if you want to say, well, then, not, then we, we, don't, we don't want to move Tommy over to short. It's not like the DH situation is a is a rake festival right no. now. So I just I'm my honest response to that is I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm confused by it. At the same time, I know internally they have to have reasons more so than what you heard in front of the microphone, which may not be what you in the audience, many of you want to hear. I have no outside of the fact that I am a fan of the Cardinals. I think if you've been listening to me, whether it be just in the four months I've been on 101 or over the years, I'm not beholden to anybody. Uh, my income is not, you know, uh, contingent on the Cardinals approving of the things I say. My God, if it was, I, I certainly wouldn't uh, have employment. But 
I just I. I also know that this is a successful operation, both from a baseball standpoint and a business, and they're not just doing things from a position of ignorance or incompetence. They have to have the reasons. They're just clearly not, from my standpoint, clearly not conveying them to the public. It also says something to me, and I don't know where the rest of you in the audience were yesterday, and you're welcome to give your thoughts on it at 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line, that... The fact that the Cardinals sent Paul DeYoung down, a guy hitting 130 who has been hitting poorly, as John Mazalak himself said, before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I would point out that he was as close to a sure out in the postseason in 2019, as I can recall, maybe next to Dexter Fowler in that postseason. He had 220 against the Braves, and he had four hits against the Nationals. In fairness to DeYoung, though, nobody was hitting against the yeah. Nationals in that very brief NLCS. This is something that is is has been coming for a long time, and I'm talking about even before this season, that they may need to make a move on him. And it surprised me that they did, mm-hmm. which 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 is an unfortunate thing that something that's kind of so obvious is surprising because it goes away from uh, what they have historically done, which is just ride one of these contracts out, a la Matt Carpenter, the Exhibit A, and any time we have one of these conversations on the radio or on a podcast. But the Kramer Robertson, I'm just like, what in the world? And I just, I don't, I don't understand the Nolan Gorman situation. We can't, we can't get him in. Well, th- there are options. I just, I don't, I honestly don't understand it. And so I, I, and it'd be one thing if the team was hitting. They're not. It's one of the main reasons why they don't have a better record, even though I think most of the attention, especially after the Flaherty and Reyes news in March, was on the pitching. Um, my personal concern was in the minority. Uh, I, I've been wrong on plenty of things. I thought the Blues were done on Sunday. That'll be my Roman numeral number one. Uh, so it's not like I'm always right by any means. But I'm just like, yeah, you're expecting outlier offensive performances from the outfield uh, to continue into 2022, and you're expecting Paul DeYoung to return to what he was in 2018 in the first half and change of 2019 by dismissing 2020 and 2021 as outliers. So it seems like it's rather inconsistent. In reality, it's probably because he's under contract. And I understand that, but I don't understand what they're doing right now. And if this team, if we were playing this audio in September, winds up missing, it would be tough to miss the playoffs in the National League Central when you're the Cardinals and Brewers, either one of them. But you never know with injuries what can happen. But a division race, let's say with Milwaukee, and they wind up missing out by two or three games. You go, boy, they, they kind of pissed away some games in April and May when they could have had better offensive performance. And I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, I'm standing here before you saying, Jackson, I don't get it. Yep. Now, I know you're Mr. Hockey, and I lean on you for your hockey perspective. Right, yeah, I know. But can you possibly be Mr. Baseball here? I can try. Okay. Yeah, it's, just, it's so odd when you have a guy who's doing performing really well in the minors yeah it's not just really well though i mean it's 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 these are monster numbers oh yeah these and he are... and it's not like it's a guy who where'd he come from they've been talking about him for a while sure i remember seeing him in spring training a couple yeah. of years ago going oh, there's nolan gorman this is the guy that they're they're hyping up top prospect has been talked about for many a season now and it's just odd that you have a guy hitting the way he is a need a clear need in the middle infield a guy who can move over to play short so gorman could play second and it's just and and like Mosaic had in his press conference where it's like well, I know what you're gonna say well if you know like 
you know what we like all want to know is it what's the what, what's the disconnect here like that's what i think is what is somewhat frustrating is that like everyone is acknowledging that gorman is playing great there's a knee in the middle infield but there's the the difference in the bridge of why is he not up here what is the true reason outside of we don't we don't have a plan for tommy to play shortstop we go tell him can you play shortstop i just don't get it well he can play he can play shortstop no i know I, so i yeah I, i'm just i'm I, I don't understand. I was surprised by that uh, sound. And so here we go. We'll see what happens with Kramer Robertson, who probably won't be seeing all of that much activity. Yeah. Kim Mulkey's so, son. That's correct. Uh, former Baylor coach now with the LSU Tigers. That's correct. Yeah. And Brian Kelly as he morphs <laughs> from a Bostonian to a Southerner. To a Southern dancer. That's right. To a Southern dancer. <laughs> Tiny dancer. All right, it is uh, 10.51 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. If you miss any of More on Sports, you can podcast on Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast, the 101 ESPN app. BK and Ferrario coming up at the top of the hour. Can't wait to hear what they have to say with regards to the festivities last night in St. Paul, Minnesota, as the Blues win it 5-2 over Minnesota to now close within a game of winning this first round series. And then, of course, the fast lane. Jamie Rivers was up late with Alexa Dat and Bernie Federico on the Valley Sports postgame show. Looking forward to hearing what they have to say from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Anthony Stalter, Brad Thompson, and Jamie Rivers here on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, and you are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Metal Riff. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN, also known as Mr. Hockey and Lil Piddles. Yeah, hot love. Any, anything will do. Mr. Hockey and boy. Ah. <laughs> uh. Mr. Hockey in the building. Uh, I, you got to be fired up for tomorrow, even yeah. though you are Mr. Hockey and you've seen, you know, Stanley Cup Finals going back to I think uh, right Just since the original six. So right. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited for tomorrow night's festivities. And uh, and I noticed your voice uh, octave didn't change there, so I'm apt to think you might be serious. I like uh, the chance to clinch. The chance to clinch is is always awesome. Send it home. Say, hey, Minnesota, head back up north. Nice. Wash the golf clubs off. Nice. Yeah, hit the beach. You think that's what uh, Vladdy will say in the handshake line if, yeah. if the Blues are able to win? He knows what's good for him. It will say, <laughs> head on back up north. Wash the golf, golf clubs up. Yeah, those oh, rub off, wow. man. Uh, it's uh, going to be right here on 101 ESPN tomorrow night. Pre-game at 7.30 p.m. Blues and Wild. Game 6. In St. Louis. Hey, don't forget those limited edition Dunk CD16 t-shirts available for a limited time now through Friday, May 20th. You can order this year's CD16 t-shirt in honor of Dunk. Proceeds from all sales going to support the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund. Check out that limited edition Dunk jersey and order yours now at 101ESPN. Dot com And tomorrow night, 101 will be live with BK and Ferrario, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Fast Lane, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. from Enterprise Center as we all get ready for Game 6. If you've got tickets and you're headed to Enterprise for Game 6 this Thursday, make sure to get there early to enjoy the Bud Light Happy Hour pregame party in the Anheuser-Busch Beer Garden beginning two hours prior to puck drop. Enjoy live music, 
food and drink specials and stop by the 101 ESPN table to get registered to win a signed Blues jersey. All right, BK and Ferrario up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.